This episode is brought to you by Odyssey Mushroom Elixir. This month is National Mushroom Month, and we are celebrating the incredible power of functional mushrooms with Odyssey Sparkling Mushroom Elixir. Odyssey contains 2,750 milligrams of lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms that have been shown to increase brain function, mood, memory, and boost energy. With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink that's full of chemicals and empty calories. The flavors are delicious. There are caffeinated and uncaffeinated options, and I love to use it as a mocktail at parties, as an afternoon pick-me-up, and while I love all of the flavors, my favorite is the sparkling dragon fruit lemonade. If you want to try Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, you can take 20% off your purchase today with code CWPODCAST at odysseyelixir.com. All of that information can be found in our show notes or link tree on Instagram. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a great conversation this week with Shay Gomez of No Booze Babes, and um, we're going to get into that conversation and Shay's work uh, shortly. But before we do, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about our updates as we normally do, our weekly recaps. And um, one of mine is actually kind of related to the topic of conversation today with Shay, but I was recently... um, traveling like over Labor Day weekend. And I was out to dinner with friends on the East Coast. And we went to a really yummy, um, kind of like eclectic restaurant with like a lot of different culinary influences. And um, they had like a specialty mocktail on their specials. And I, I ordered it because it was a phony Negroni. And I love Negronis. (laughs) But I've, as most of our audience knows, I've been pretty off the booze this year. Um, and so it was such a nice, just like fun option to have that night. It was pretty good too. And I don't go for them like all the time because actually one of my favorite drinks that I used to drink a lot, I discovered through drinking like the fake version of Campari or, um, Aperol, like both the either like the real stuff or the fake stuff still uses like red dye. So I don't really like to consume that a lot for obvious reasons, but 
that once in a while kind of thing, I was happy to have the option to, um, yeah, to have it when everybody else was having a cocktail. And I felt much have better a, next morning. A phony, a phony Negroni. A phony Negroni. I love We're all that. about it's the so, mocktails here. We are we all about are, the mocktails. You know, it reminds me over the summer, I went, you know, I was like a tourist in our own city of Los Angeles. And I went to the Vanderpump restaurants, right? I went to Tom Tom and I went to Sir and Pump and all of it. And it was so fun. But I was actually so impressed when I went to Sir, which is kind of the main, the meat and potatoes of the Vanderpump universe. Um, And they had a, they didn't just have one mocktail. They didn't just have non-alcoholic beer. They had a full, long mocktail menu filled with like mocktails of everything you could want. And I was so impressed. And yes, there's, um, sober cast members on the show. So I, I'm sure that influences their, their menu, but I was just like, this is so rad because I'm also somebody, I took a year off drinking alcohol. I'm, I'm not a big drinker myself. And, and I just, it, like you said, like if everyone else is having a cocktail, it's nice to be able to partake, um, in having a mocktail if you can, right. If you are, you know, sober curious, or you're just choosing not to drink because we've done a lot of episodes now on sober curiosity because it's an interest of ours. It's an interest of our community. And, you know, we know that yes, you know, if, if you choose to drink alcohol, can be something you enjoy, but there's really no health benefits. It's a neurotoxin. It's not great for us. Right. So it's great to see that, um, there's so many more options out there. And even yes. for myself, you know, um, I'm going to talk my big update this week is all I have fall TV content. So like content I'm enjoying or re-enjoying, but you know, I think a lot of times too, with drinking in general, it's like the ritual aspect of it. It's like, you want to have a little, glass of something sparkling or bubbly or whatever. And it's, it's the ritual. I think people enjoy more than sometimes even the drinking. Mm -hmm. And so something I really love, that's a mocktail. And it's actually one of the sponsors of our podcast, but I love it so much is Odyssey mushroom elixir. Yeah. And, um, my favorite flavor is the sparkling dragon fruit lemonade with lion's mane and cordyceps. It's so good. And, you know, Odyssey mushroom elixir, it's delicious. They have caffeinated beverages. They have non-caffeinated beverages, but it is, you know, filled with adaptogenic mushrooms, delicious flavors. It's sparkling. Um, it, it's just really, really good and really tasty. And I love it. And so I've been, while I'm watching lots of fall content and like getting into like my, you know, fake fall, cause we're in Los Angeles vibes. Like I find myself pulling out, you know, uh, an Odyssey mushroom elixir. And also I take Odyssey when I know I don't want to drink and I'm going to a party or I'm doing something social and I don't know if they're going to have mocktails. I bring cans of mushroom Odyssey elixir and it's, yeah. I just love it. So, um, if you want to try Odyssey mushroom elixir, you can save 20% off with code CW podcast. And all of that info is in our link tree and, um, on Instagram and it's also in our show notes, but, um, yeah, I'm just really, I think we talk mocktails in this episode too, a little bit yeah. towards the end, but I just, um, 
I'm I'm loving it and I'm glad it's at more restaurants. And I love names like that, Phony Negroni. It's cute when it's like cute. you just feel included. So and um, yeah. I just wanted to like make a point about the Odyssey because yeah, for a while they they use like a little bit of caffeine. And we actually did an episode with Scott Froman, the founder and CEO. Um, if you want to learn more about it, but um they do have this new revive line that has like magnesium and zinc and all these kind of additional um benefits and don't have uh, any caffeine in it too. So I think for like evening, that's a really nice thing. It's one thing if in the afternoon you want a little like, it's not much caffeine. It's like somewhere around 60 to 80 grams. Um, But if you want, check out their Revive, which you can also buy on the website. So I I really am excited about this, this new revive line, which was originally started for festivals, by the way, fun (laughs) fact. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I know as we're talking and then I'll go into like my fall TV content update, but I know as we're talking about mush, uh, mushrooms, as we're talking about mocktails, um, obviously with the understanding that some people who are sober cannot and do not choose to drink mocktails because it can be triggering, triggering to their sobriety. So of course, you know, mocktails are not for everyone, but that's actually what's you know, mushroom odyssey elixir is not a mocktail. It's just a a sparkling adaptogenic beverage. And so, um, it's, it's for everyone. It's definitely not a mocktail. So, because I do understand, and I know people who they do not drink, they are sober and they do not drink non-alcoholic beers. They do not drink mocktails because it's just not an avenue they want to go down. And I understand and respect that too. So it's just a fun, sparkling, fizzy drink, but okay. So content, because, I am back. So I've, I've shared some updates. I've been like deep into like fantasy book talk book worlds with like a court of thorns and roses, but I've now since in like the last few weeks of September, I've started to transition into like my fall comfort TV. And there are three shows I watch every year. I feel like in September and October, like clockwork and they are vampire diaries. Okay. No, I've never watched it. Yes. I, I, I was never into like the vampire craze but I really do like vampire diaries it's like a melodramatic teen drama yeah I watched true blood I like true blood too it's not it's like a it's it's like it's you know it's like it's like One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl, but it's with vampires, right? It's like right. a CW okay. show. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I love it. I love it so much. And I'm I'm currently in Vampire Diaries mode, but then I switch off because I also don't like to watch, even though it's not like scary, scary. I'm very conscious of what I ingest before bed. So if it gets too late, I still don't want to watch like, you know, people dying or vampire, you know, like that's just yeah. not my like nighttime vibe. So the other two I watch every September and October is Gilmore Girls. Okay. And Gossip Girl. They're my three. Right. Like it's just like comfort because it's like fall in New York City, right? Or it's like seeing New York City fall vibes. And like, especially Gossip Girl really leads like they're so their Thanksgiving episodes are so good. So it's like I, I keep that maybe for like closer to October. But then Gilmore Girls is like back to school vibes and like, yeah. right? Like also Northeast vibes. Did I ever tell you I got to sing home. on the Gilmore Girl? I can't speak Gilmore Girls set, like the oh Warner gosh, Brothers no. set. It was really funny. And like we took pictures. The, I did like, so anybody doesn't know. And this is actually brings us to Shay too, because Shay's a musical theater performer. She talks about it a little bit in the show. Um, but in my past life and sometimes my current life, I'm still a musical theater performer when I'm not podcasting and health coaching. But, um, 
Yeah, I did a like the Warner Brothers Christmas party, which oh, if so anybody fine. doesn't, this is so LA, like, you know, one of the lots. So um, the back lot at Warner Brothers Studios is the Gilmore Girls set. And it, it's like been used for so many other um, shows too. Some pretty Little Liars there. was also Yeah, Pretty there. Little Liars. Mm-hmm. That's right. I was trying to remember what some of the other ones are. And so, um, but they still have like Luke's Diner up. I'm sure they changed mm-hmm. it out, but I'm sure they put like a bunch of stuff up for the uh, for the um, Christmas celebration that year. And it wasn't that long ago, actually, um, just a couple years ago, but it was fun because like we got to take pictures in front of Luke's Diner and I, I basically performed. They set up a big stage in the... Um, like the center where there's like the big gazebo. Like, I, I don't so know if it's cool. like the town hall or whatever it is. Like Gilmore Girls. So it's uh it's fun. That's like such a, that's like a fun little LA story. Um, the Warner brothers tour. I've, I'm not a performer hmm. like you and Shay. So I, I have not been there <laughs> to perform, but I, um I did do the Warner brothers tour. And if you are visiting LA, I highly recommend it. It's, it's actually good. really fun. And um so, so many iconic, shows Shows. were filmed there and and they filmed friends there but they Mm -hmm. tore down the set but they rebuilt it so they kind of have like a friends it's really which is another fall comfort show for me too I love friends so much but um yeah that's really cool that you got to perform it's fun yeah I I loved Gilmore Girls too it was such a fun era of TV um for me actually speaking of me and Shay and musical theater nerds I am really enjoying Season three of Only Murders in the Building. I'm not that. Oh, far I love along, it too. But like, mm-hmm. they're doing some hardcore like theater stuff. So for all the theater nerds out there, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, also like the guest stars are Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. So <laughs> you know, great. casual. I love Howard and like his like Howard is best. so good. Oh so my funny. god. Yeah. Um, is it Ashley Park too? She's mm-hmm. really great. Um, yeah. So it's a fun cast this season. And um, Jesse, what's his name? He's so cute. But oh, Jesse Williams, name. right? Jesse Is Williams. it Jesse Williams? Yeah. He's Jesse beautiful. Sorry, Jesse. What's his name? Jesse Williams. So beautiful. If, if he's listening, <laughs> I doubt he's apologize. a listener. <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's fun. And I've been uh, also another like music show. I've been, my husband and I've been watching George and Tammy, which is about George Jones and Tammy Wynette, the country singers duo, uh, famous duo from years back um but it stars michael shannon and um jessica chastain and they're so excellent like they're really excellent in it i've only a few episodes in but he in particular for so many years he's been a character actor and like a really good one like i just Mm. think everything you see michael shannon in he's good yeah but um and he does he does film and television and play like broadway theater and he just kind of does everything he's a very versatile guy and i feel like he's also the type of guy who like maybe not everybody knows the name you know what i mean like but they know the face they know the face but he's playing george jones and i've never saw seen him as like a leading man before and he's like very excellent so um, yeah, you don't have to be a fan of country music too to like the show. Like I think it's just about their relationship and um anyway, I'm enjoying it so far. So that's my content update. But we have a great conversation with Shay. We, do. we should get to that. It's way more important. Um, but before we do, I just want to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey has wonderful spas. Uh Los Angeles, we have a couple, Chicago, they're around Texas. Um, 
And you can use code CWPODCAST for 20% off any of their spa services. They also have an online boutique. Uh, They carry their own hyperclean products in addition to other lines such as Osea Malibu, uh, Moon Juice, Super Goop. The list goes on. And that code CWPODCAST also will get you 20% off on their website and their online boutique. So with that, shall we get to our intro (laughs) officially? Okay. So on this episode of Courageous Wellness, we have a wonderful conversation with Shay Gomez, founder and creator of the online platform, No Booze Babes, offering alcohol-free tips, tricks, and sober sips. Shay works to normalize and glamorize an alcohol-free life and create community around booze-free living. Today on the podcast, Shay shares her journey with alcohol and her decision to give up alcohol entirely. She classifies her previous drinking as gray area drinking that I feel like so many young women can relate to. When she realized that alcohol was holding her back from being the best version of herself and after she had a bad open bar experience, Shay committed to a three-month break that has now led to four-plus years of sobriety. Shay is a really wonderful resource in the Sober Curious and Booze Free community, and we really enjoyed this conversation, and we hope you do too. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO Courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Sakara Life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakara cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit Sakara.com and use code XO Courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. So welcome, Shay. We are very excited to have this conversation with you, and we know a lot of our audience is interested in this topic. And so to kick us off, can you share a little bit about your own personal journey in wellness and how it led to No Booze Babes? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you both. Obviously, I love talking about this alcohol-free lifestyle because it has literally changed my life for the better in so many ways. Um, so when it comes to my personal journey, um, I would say with drinking, like, uh, I was a very social drinker. Like I'm a very social girl. I love to like go out, meet new people, um, be on the dance floor all night, all that good stuff. I live in New York city. I'm originally from California. I went to college in Boston and I went to college for musical theater. So I'm here pursuing musical theater. Um, That's what brought me to New York. Um, But I really like 
didn't drink in high school. I wasn't like part of the party group. I was like very much the good girl following all the rules. And like, you know, I'm an older sister. I try to set an example. So all of that kind of like (laughs) just made me who I, who I was, who I am. Um, and so I didn't start drinking till like sophomore year of college, but even so, you know, wasn't crazy. Like theater is such a big focus for me. And honestly, I was always concerned with like my singing voice. So I was like, I can't be drinking and drying myself out and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until I um, graduated college and I feel like there was a lot of unknowns, just like, where do I fit into the world? What am I doing? My parents were going through a divorce. I went through a big breakup. I was about to move to New York City and I was kind of alone in Boston, like, you know, uh, finishing out my lease. Um, And so I was drinking a lot. I, you know, work in the service industry because it's a very flexible job with theater. You're able to audition during the day and go to work at night and make that money, la la la. Um, But that's really like, I would work and then go out and I'd like see the sun come up. And I just kind of like got swept up in all of that. And I was in my early twenties too. So I was like, I'm living my best life, like cheersing and this and that. And I think we have this idea of like that, like cheersing and going out and like drinking is like sophisticated and glamorous. And you see all these like women in like the media or film and TV, whatever it may be. And you're like, I want to be like that. And so I, I was right there, like drinking and cheersing and drinking like Cosmos. Like I was on sex in the city, you know, like all that stuff. Um, but I really just, you know, I had my time, all of that, but as I got into my, you know, late twenties, um, alcohol just affected me differently. Um, I also had more responsibilities. I also was in a relationship. And so I was realizing that alcohol is really taking away from the life that I wanted to live. Um, I wanted to be present. I wanted to be clear headed. I wanted to be reliable. I wanted to be a good partner, sister, friend. I wanted to be like a good worker, like a good employee. And so I realized that, you know, I kind of became a different person when I was drinking. Um, I would black out a lot. I was prone to blackouts. I know not everyone is, and I'm really jealous of the people that aren't. Um, but I would black out and I wouldn't remember how I got home. I'd be like, do I have my credit card? Do I have this? I, um, you know, would get bad hangovers. Like I just, my body was like, this ain't it anymore, girl. Um, and I just, I just didn't love it. But I think what held me back from cutting alcohol out of my life is because I, I guess I'm what you consider like a gray area drinker. And I think the gray area is so important to talk about because sobriety isn't so black and white. It's not like you're an addict, you're stumbling and bumbling and hiding alcohol. Like, of course that can be people's journey and like everyone's on their own path. But I also like, wasn't drinking every day. I was just like drinking when I would go out and then I would kind of lose track of like, how much I was drinking. I wasn't like counting. I was just swept up in like having fun and people were like, Hey, can I get you another blah, blah, blah. Just the social scene kind of thing. Um, so I was like, I don't know. Like I, you know, did breaks. I did like dry January, sober October, all of that to kind of like check in with myself and be like, I'm good. Like we're good. We can do a month. We're fine. But I would kind of go back to the same, like just social drinking and all of that. And, um, I just kind of like went through that cycle and I I just, like I said, I was in it, like I was in a relationship during that time too. And like, 
you know, it's one thing when I was like stumbling home and not remembering getting home and I was alone and I could just kind of be with my own shame and be like, oh God, like, I feel so embarrassed. Like, what did I say last night or this and that? And also it is drinking and being single is very different too. You're like, I'm making out with everyone on the dance floor, you know? <laughs> like, so when you're in a relationship and then you're coming home and then you're kind of like groggy the next morning and you can't show up as your best self for your partner. Like that also was like, this sucks. Like I can't do this. Um, so really it took me, like, I went to a wedding of a person I went to high school with and I was so anxious going into this wedding and I was drinking rosé as I was getting ready. I took full advantage of the open bar, all this stuff. And, you know, I just, it was just a horrible night. And it was kind of like my last straw, I guess, um, where I was just like, I am in control of my life, but like, I get out of control when I drink. I don't like who I am. I don't know who that is. Um, and it's holding me back from being my best self. Uh, so I took a three month break. I was like, okay, obviously this month break is like not working. Cause I do the same thing. But I was like 90 days. Amazing. Like it's not forever because forever felt really big back then. And, um, so I had like an end date, but what I found was that I really, um, sat with myself and I re like read quit literature. And I really realized that like all along, I was kind of silencing this voice or just quieting this voice that was saying like maybe your life would be better without alcohol and as I took the break that voice kind of got louder and I also just felt so good I didn't have hangovers and I kept extending the break and now I just hit four months booze free and it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I started no booze babes at six months of sobriety. And honestly, that was kind of like me, kind of my like, Hey everyone, I'm not drinking. Like my little like sober coming out party of like, I'm launching this page. And I think just support and community is so huge. Just feeling like you're not alone because a lot of the feelings that I had or my worries I had, like, could I go out? Could I date? Could I this, whatever there are other people feeling that too. And so it just lifted a little bit of weight off of my shoulders. And I wanted a safe space where people could be supported and celebrated and show people that being booze-free is so beautiful for so many reasons. And you can still dress up and go out and do your little cute cheersing Instagrams or whatever. And like, still live this beautiful life, all hangover free and fully present. That is my long spiel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So I just wanted to confirm, I think you said four months, but you've been four years sober, four right? Years. Like I said four months. Yeah, but, but that's okay. I just want to years. Yeah. Yeah. Four years sober. Amazing. Wow. Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that. I think, you know, it's so interesting. This is not the first conversation that Erica and I are having on the podcast um, about relationship in general to alcohol, but um, it's been an ongoing sort of theme that's interested both of us and in different ways at different times in our own journeys too. Um, but the more we've kind of explored that or explored sober curiosity, uh, the more we've gotten exposed to work like yours. And just as you just said so beautifully, like understanding and you've created this community, but knowing that this is out there and other people are feeling the same way. And I think, you know, I'm curious to hear about your experience. You 
you know, you quit, you did that three months and then you extend it and stuff. But I think something that's come up for us is when you step away from that culturally, you start to recognize how um, normalized like our drinking culture is and also how advertised it is, especially to um, women uh, from everything from like mommy juice to rosé all day to like all of these sort of very accepted um, sort of basically advertising campaigns of different kinds. And so, and it's just constantly bombarded. Like I, I remember even it was even this year I had started with a dry January and my husband was doing it with me and we were out at a restaurant. And the first thing the server asked is, can I start you off with some cocktails or a glass of wine? And, you know, we said, no, thank you. Like I'd like a club soda or whatever it might be. But I just had this hit where it was like, oh, well, what if, what if I was in recovery and I had to deal with that every single time I went to a restaurant? <laughs> um, just, uh, just like how prevalent it is in even the smallest little ways. And no, no fault to the server. I mean, I used to serve and it's like, what can you sell? That's going to cost the most totally. money, yeah, you I'm know, a- like it's not their fault, but it's just this idea that like, it's just everywhere. So as you started to, you know, do your three months and, and extend that. And you, you really started to explore your own relationship with it. How did you in those earlier days navigate alcohol and like alcohol, like the lifestyle that it tells you being everywhere? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what, why those three months were so important for me because I was navigating it. I was like, okay, so what do I do when I have a craving? Like, what do I do when like thoughts come into my head about like drinking or, um, I think it was so good to have that goal of three months because, you know, I was able to sit with myself, sit with my feelings. Um, I, as I said, I read some quit literature. Um, I read this naked mind by Annie Grace and, I just loved that it was a book that it wasn't like telling you like, stop drinking. You know, it was literally telling you the science behind like what goes on and like why we have cravings and like how long alcohol stays in your system. So like it was telling us what alcohol, like how alcohol affects you, my body, spirit, you know what I mean? And so I felt like less crazy. Like I felt really seen like, oh, this makes sense that I am wanting alcohol or that I, you know, whatever it may be. And, um, I feel really lucky too, because like I had such a supportive partner. Um, and that was really helpful because I didn't go out as much. Like I kind of had to protect this goal at that time. Like, obviously I protect my sobriety every day now, but protect this goal of mine. And so like, I remember getting rid of all of the alcohol in her place and, um, I think we had like wine or whatever, but I was like, I am doing this goal. Like, um, but I had like seltzers and kombuchas and all this stuff. So that when I had a craving, I could just pour myself something. I think like having something in your hand or a drink. Cause I, I feel like alcohol can be such a crutch, like finding kind of replacements that like, Oh, it's not that I want to pour myself a glass of wine. It's that I associate cooking dinner with also opening a bottle of wine. Like, so let me change that, like rewire my thinking and just like pour a yummy seltzer and like, you know, put a little citrus in there in a wine glass. Like 
And that made me feel like I was still having that ritual that I was used to, but it wasn't something that was, you know, taking away from my goal and, but also, you know, taking me out of the present moment, which alcohol did for me. It made things fuzzier. Um, so I think that just, yeah. And I, like I said, not going out as much. Cause I feel like that's when I would drink is like being social. So kind of just protecting myself in that way. But when I did go out too, it was like, takes practice to be like, what do I say? Like, what do I order? So just kind of like setting myself up for success beforehand and being like, okay, so I'm going to go to the bar order a club soda with slash of crayon, like having a drink in my hand. No one will be like, do you need a drink? Do you want to drink? Like you'll have something and you'll be okay. Having like an exit strategy. If like I felt uncomfortable or if I was like, I don't know, like I'm kind of feeling tempted to have a drink, like, let me just peace out before then. Um, So just, again, just, it was all kind of navigating. And I think everyone's path is different. Um, Going to work and coming right home instead of like going out with my coworkers where I knew I'd be tempted and people would have drinks waiting for me. Um, And it got easier, but it takes practice and it takes time. And again, I think it really takes that rewiring of like old habits. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about BTR Nation. BTR is a female-founded food brand that is on a mission to end mindless snacking with their protein bars with a purpose. BTR bars and chocolate truffle cups are plant-based and made with no gluten, no dairy, no soy, no added sugar, no corn or rice syrups, no GMOs, no natural flavors, no sugar alcohols, no stevia, no inflammatory ingredients, and no gums or fillers. It's the cleanest label in the category. They only use ingredients that you can pronounce and adaptogenic superfoods like reishi, lion's mane, and cordyceps. Allie and I love BTR bars and always have them in our cabinets. I am currently loving the cinnamon cookie dough energy bars and the cherry dark chocolate truffle cups are my favorite sweet treat. Founder and owner Ashley Marie found inspiration for her brand in an unlikely place at an unlikely time, at the hospital cafeteria. When both of her parents were diagnosed with cancer, her life turned upside down as she became their caretaker and her own nutrition began to suffer. Ashley was devouring protein bars when she could, as many of us do, to fit in a meal or a snack. Most of the bars she quickly discovered were filled with sugar. After her parents passed away, she founded her bar brand based on their family mantra, be bold, tenacious, and resilient, BTR. If you want to try BTR bars and truffle cups, you can save 20% on your order with code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS at btrnation.com. You can also find this link in our show notes and link tree on Instagram. I think as you mentioned in your journey, this gray area of alcohol, I think that's a really important, um, like space to have on the internet and a space to talk about, because I think historically it's always been like, well, you're an alcoholic or you're a drinker, right? Or then maybe there's some people who just choose not to drink, but most of the time when you think of, oh, well, like, um, even my husband, um, he stopped drinking out of call af- he stopped drinking after college by choice. And, um, people are always like, but why do you know what I mean? Like, so he's, he just didn't like the way drinking tasted, but people are always curious, like, but you must have a problem if you don't drink. Right. So I think 
there's this gray area that you're talking about of people who maybe they don't like the way it makes them feel. They don't like the way it tastes or like, you know, um, even myself, like I've taken extended periods. I took a year off of drinking after the pandemic and I've taken many, you know, I I'm, I'm many, many, many like long breaks and, and it's changed my relationship with alcohol tremendously because I don't consider myself really a drinker anymore. <laughs> so it's a very different experience. It's more of like a, but, but I think the, the bigger thing here is it's like when you hear that intuitive call, I think there's a lot of, as you're mentioning, well, like, how am I going to socialize with my friends? How am I going to date? How am I going to do X, Y, and Z? And so I'm curious too, you mentioned that you kind of like came out at six months with no booze babes. And that was like your big announcement, but how did you really navigate the questions from friends or family? Did you have any of that noise? Um, and was there anyone who wasn't supportive of your journey in your life? Cause I think that's a fear a lot of people have as well. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I navigated it, um, by, I don't know. It was just like, I think what was nice is that I had the three month break. So people weren't as like, I guess, intimidated. Cause they were like, Oh my God, you're never drinking again. Because what I do realize is you not drinking is going to have people also kind of feel weird about their drinking. Like if they have any sort of questioning of their relationship, whatever, like I've noticed the people who kind of nag or have like a weird reaction, like that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them and either their relationship or how they feel about, I don't know, just drinking in general. Um, I feel really lucky because a lot of my family and friends were so supportive um, because they love me for me. You know, they didn't love me for drinking me. And I don't think anyone loved her. She was actually horrible, but, um, (laughs) but I did notice that who my drinking friends were versus my just friends who are just my friends I could talk to without drinking. Like I, you know, got a little, like some, you know, less invites, I guess, um, to like go out or go get like bottle service or go get all this stuff. Um, and that was fine because during those three months too, like I didn't want to be around any of that, but you know, friendships have definitely faded, but my friends who have always been my best friends, our relationship is just deepened. Like, I think that's, what's so cool. Like I feel like my connections are deeper and truer with people because I am connected to myself. And so I'm able to show up as my best self. And, um, I feel like sobriety has allowed me to get to really know me because I actually have to like feel my feelings and not numb them and not delay them by like drinking. I have to sit with like the good feelings and the bad ones and the things that make me uncomfortable and really like question myself and, um, and that hasn't always been easy, but it's been so amazing because when I meet new people and everything, I, I feel just clearer and I feel just confident in myself and who, like who I'm showing up as for everyone, you know, even me being like serving at this membership club I'm working at, like, I'm like the I'm showing up as my best server self, like, and you know, like what you were saying, Allie, about being like, can I serve cocktails, blah, 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 being like a no booze babe in the service industry. I am so aware of people 
like not drinking or whatever. So I literally say like, can I start with like cocktails, mocktails? Like I try to be more inclusive mm-hmm. with my language just because it's, it would be important for me. Like if I was at a table, I'd feel like so seen if yeah. someone did that. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel lucky that my friends are like still my best friends. And I've also made some new friends that are really good ones because of sobriety. A lot of them are internet friends too, which is so fun. Well, like we were talking about, it's, I mean, this community that you've built and grown, um, I I think this movement of, I'm going to call it sober curious. I know that's sort of like the the buzzy way to talk about it because it explores all the gray area and all the gray relationships and um, with alcohol. And what's been really, really kind of cool, even in the last year, and I saw it, I see it in LA, I've seen it in New York. I was in London in the spring and I even saw it in London. I kind of was surprised, but uh, b- pleasantly surprised where there are many, many more mocktail options. We even have like, um, and I know in New York too, but like there's some zero proof bars opening and um, you don't have to compromise the social experience. Um, and and it used to be that like mocktails were all just like sugar water. And sometimes yeah. that's still the case, but a lot of times they're like really lovely, refreshing, not crazy sweet things too, that are like equally as enjoyable or like with made with botanicals and maybe even, um, are beneficial to our health too. Maybe support us in different ways or use, I don't know, fun, functional mushrooms or whatever it is that's like available, you know? And I, the more I see that, kind of in the mainstream, the more excited I get because, you know, as Erica was saying, she took a really long time off of booze. Something clicked for me this year. Cause I was always like a drinker. We did, we did an episode with, um, Dr. Brooke. What's Dr. Brooke's last name? Dr. Brooke Scheller. Mm-hmm. Scheller. Do you yeah. know her? Her yes. work? So wonderful. Yeah. And, um, she was saying, or you guys were joking. You're like, Oh, Allie's the kind of person who can drink a half a glass of wine. And that's, that's it. Like, you know, and, and she was like, well, why would you drink it? And I was like, cause I, en- I enjoy it and I can do that. But then it really forced me to like really, um, explore even that little gray area, even though I had like a lot of control around my drinking. Um, and it was interesting cause like after dry January, I just felt really good and I didn't feel the desire to drink. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to not drink now. It's just like, I'm going to continue this because I'm feeling so good. And if I want to drink, might I might get curious or experiment with it. And I have done that a handful of times. And some of the times, maybe like three times this year, I've really enjoyed it and, and had one and felt fine after. And there have been a couple of times where like, in celebratory things, I've even ordered a glass of, I'll have one glass of champagne kind of thought. And maybe this has happened like, what are we in? We're like end of summer. So maybe this has happened like six or seven times this entire year. That's like how many drinks I can count that I've had. But there were a couple of those times where I started to sip it and I was like, you know what? I don't want this. Like this isn't making me feel good right now. And like the sensitivity around being so in tune with myself about that where I'd be like, no, I just like give it to my husband and not finish it. And and then really just like it's forced me. I think when you remove the alcohol, it really gets you highly sensitive to how you feel 
when you explore that again. So sensitive for me that it took two sips to be like, this is not what my body wants. Like I can fully, and then I can make that action, which I didn't have that um, same kind of awareness when it was just much more like habitual, even though it wasn't all the time, it was something that was like regular, you know, regular enough. And I have to say like something just switched. And so if anybody doesn't feel like they're in a place where they necessarily have a problem, but wants to kind of explore and get more aware of how it's making them feel like I think finding communities like yours can really help support that. And um, I guess my question is now that you've built no booze babes <laughs> with this online community, what um, what do you find yourself and what do you find other people like talking about in their exploration of their of their relationship do you find people going completely sober or do you find people are also able to transform their relationships like everybody's different and yeah I guess my my question is just can you share with us like some of the experiences that you're hearing of others as well in the community yeah well I think I just want to say that no booze babes I there's a reason why it's no booze babes and I didn't use sober in like the name because I find that sobriety is such a negative stigma that that kind of people are like, whoa, whoa, I'm not like my drinking is not problematic. I don't have a problem. I'm not an alcoholic, all these things, all these like words that get thrown around that have the negative stigma. I wanted to be approachable for people who are sober, sober, curious, mindful drinkers. They consider themselves hangover free. They, you know, I think we get so stuck in labels where it's like, I have to fit inside some box if I don't. And that's what held me back from stopping. Cause I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. Like I'm not having to rely on alcohol all the time, but like, I, so I don't think I have a quote unquote problem, but like when I would drink, I would cause problems and it was problematic for me. So I was like, well, what does it mean for me? Again, this gray area of like, where do I fit? I think what's so beautiful about the community is that everyone has a different story. Everyone's on their own journey, whether that's wanting to be more mindful and just coming to no booze babes to see like non-alcoholic options, which I, which I share about all the time, or if they're pregnant and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) for nine months. I can't drink. So like, what are my options? Whether they're here for dry January, whether they just want some inspo, whether they're kind of curious and they're kind of secretly following. Like I know I did that in the beginning. I was like secretly following like these sober Instagrams. So I find that, you know, I have people come to me and really they're just kind of like wanting permission to do what is best for them. And so again, I'm not like a coach. I'm like, so she can do it. Then like, of course I could do it too. Um, so I'm noticing that people are like, Hey, I want to stop drinking or Hey, like I'm interested in cutting back and whatever it may be. And like, I always encourage people to like, listen to themselves because I think that's, we get so distracted by like, you know, society, like we were talking about before, like the advertisements and like the glamorization of alcohol and the normalization of like being hungover and like, woo, party too hard last night, all of these things. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can just want more for yourself. You can just say, I just need a break. My body doesn't feel good. I know that there's something better for me. I think it's just like also realizing that 
you know, you can worry about like, what are people going to think? Like, what if people don't want to date me because of this or whatever, your people will love you for you. Um, and also no one else has to walk in your shoes. No one else has to feel the anxiety that you feel. No one else has to be hungover. That's you, your head over the toilet. You know what I mean? Like, so they can be like, let's go, let's do this. But like, you have to just listen to yourself. And I think that also comes from me not listening to myself for so long. And finally, when I, again, let that voice get a little bit louder, um, I was like, oh, this is it. And this is what's best for me. And so, yeah, no one else has to live my life but me. So I want to live a life that I'm really proud of. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as luxury day spas in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas, Chicago, and Los Angeles, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue Beauty Secrets video. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers a wide variety of clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, and more. Some of my favorite products include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, the Super Goop Glow Screen and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are lovely, and we both are big fans of their treatments, and now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk & Honey to offer a Courageous Wellness Spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk & Honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with a body brushing treatment, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home that stimulates your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And from now through the end of the year, Milk and Honey has offered some exclusive specials for Courageous Wellness listeners to use at their spa locations. For any new or existing spa customers, you can save 20% on any spa service with code CWPODCAST. And as a holiday treat from now through the end of the year, at Milk and Honey, Brentwood, and Culver City locations, bring a friend to the spa and you'll both take 50% off your spa service with code CWBESTIE. You can find links to book at the spa, shop online, and all the codes in our show notes on our Instagram link tree or website. CWBESTIE saves 50% for you and a friend at Los Angeles spa locations and CW podcast saves 20% online at the spa for new and existing customers on any treatment through the end of the year. I love that. And, and I love, you know, it's so interesting because this year, especially I've really, I've really been like dismantling like the labels and boxes I put myself in. And I think a society that we put women in and we put, you know, everything has to fit in this box. And so I think it's really beautiful the way you describe the community you're building, that it's label free and it's just, it's here for who needs it and when you need it. And, and I think that's when I discovered you was during my big year off of alcohol. And I had felt like I, 
I, and we did a whole episode about my year off of alcohol, but I had felt that intuitive call. I had never been a big drinker until the pandemic. And so it was really like as many people I'm sure listening, like I drink, like I said, my husband doesn't drink. He never drank. So I was like drinking bottles of wine by myself on the weekends during the pandemic. And I didn't feel good. My anxiety was out of control during an already anxiety inducing time. And, but, and I just kept hearing like this little voice being like, Erica, like, just stop, just stop. And similar to you, it started at three months and I felt so good. I decided to do it for an entire year. And then my journey continued where I was like, okay, let's experiment with adding this back in. It didn't really feel good. So I stopped drinking for another six months. And so I've been in this like exploration place, but the the greatest gift it's given me, which is why I said like, why I wouldn't classify. I used to be, especially during the pandemic, like such a drinker. If I was out, if I was socializing, there was a drink in my hand and that is not me at all anymore because I learned, you know, a big, my big breakthrough during that year off of drinking was I went to like my first sober concert. And I don't think I had ever, since I was a teenager, gone to a sober concert and I had the time of my life. And, um, it was a big transformation for me. And so even, you know, tomorrow I'm going to a concert and the idea of being drunk at that concert sounds horrible. I was like, I want to be present and sing and dance and dress up. Like the idea of being drunk sounds awful. Like why would I want to miss out on being present? And so that's something that has really, like, I want to be present in a way that I'm not when I even have a drink. And, and it's, it's really, um, and like you said, the more I also read Quitlet and, um, you know, the more you research about what alcohol does for your body, it does. It's like, I think education is really important in a way that when I started drinking, we were never really like, it wasn't even an option of, do you want to drink? It's just, this is what happens when you go to college and you drink. And so I think reclaiming your choice is really powerful and, and yeah, and finding it, it can feel isolating, which is why finding Instagram accounts like yours during, especially like I, I, it's nice to have different perspectives. And um, I'm curious too, because a lot of people, you know, might be interested in like mocktail culture and non-alcoholic drinks. And I know you talk a lot about that. Could you share too, maybe what are some of your favorite mocktails or non-alcoholic drinks? I know you mentioned like having a club soda with a splash of cranberry when you're out, or I don't know if you have any tried and true favorites that you'd recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, also thank you for sharing that. Like, I think what's so beautiful is that a break can lead to so many breakthroughs and it's so important. And also just made me think, like, I always say like, what's the fun in a night you can't remember? Like when you at the concert, like it just kind of takes you out. And like a lot of the time when I was like, I'm living it up in the city, like I'm seeing the sun come up. And then I couldn't even remember like what I said and stuff. I was like, and then I'm looking at my like debit card statement. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what is going on? Um, now it's fun because I spend my money on like (laughs) cute clothes or like a really fabulous meal, like, or, you know, I just have saved a lot of money, like sipping on mocktails. So we love that. Even though some mocktails are really expensive, but like, I think in the service industry, like I want people to know as they incorporate more zero proof options, like we will pay for a good mocktail. Like Ali was saying before, like, we don't just want the sugary, like 
all the mix of every juice you have behind the bar. You know, like I think what's so fun is seeing zero proof lists that are incorporating like alcohol free spirits that are incorporating more um, alcohol free beers. So like my go-tos, I love a mocktail moment. I'm not a good like mocktail mixologist myself. So if there's a fancy great one on a menu, I will get it. Um, I, and also I just want to say, I know that non-alcoholic alternatives are not for everyone. Um, that's again, another thing that is important to explore, whether that will trigger you to want the real thing, whether that makes you feel weird. Um, but for me, it's been really helpful with my sobriety because I feel included because I'm sipping on something that again, is not altering my state of mind, but it is like a great option for me. So when I go, um, there's always a club soda there. So always a club soda, the crayon is a classic. You're hydrating. We love. And then the crayon gives a little sweetness. I love a non-alcoholic beer. A lot of places, especially in New York have Heineken zero, which I always do with a little lime. Um, love, uh, athletic brewing is pretty much everywhere now too. Their IPA is amazing. I never even drank IPAs when I did drink alcohol, but that one's a good one. Um, what else I, with they have a zero proof list again, I will drink it, especially if it incorporates like, you know, I'll see some like liars or, um, some seed lip is very common. Um, anything like that I will, I'll, I'll definitely get. Um, but I also like too, if I'm at like some divey bar and they haven't gone with the program yet, like I'll get a diet Coke with lime. <laughs> like also, when you don't drink, like you're not having that fake energy fueled by alcohol. So like you need the espresso shot, you need the Diet Coke, you need the disco nap before you go out, you know? So just my routine and my pregame for going out has changed a little bit and definitely for the better though. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, those are all so great and I've started to enjoy some. I really love, have you had Gia? Yes. The Gia like spread. I love it because it's super bitter. So it feels like a and they Negroni or something like that. Um, but it's definitely for people who like the bitters. Um, but you know, it's, there really are so many good options now. And you, you make a good point where you're talking about, like, you're not going to have this alcohol, like infused sort of fake energy. Um, but also then you don't have the same kind of crash. And I'm now in my late thirties and I have to say, really like almost eliminating alcohol from my life, the quality of sleep, uh, it's yeah. just, you can't even, even the, it's shocking. Like the difference from even 10, 10 years ago, I know it feels like, oh, that's a long time, but it's like, you, you don't ever really feel different than all of a sudden you're like, oh, my sleep, like it matters. And if I had even a couple drinks one night now on a Friday, I'd still be feeling it on a Sunday, even if I hadn't gotten drunk, like had, it's just like a dehydration thing. Sorry, everybody, but this just happens as you get older and it's like, it's real. And then you get to the point where you're like, I don't want to wake up. I don't, I don't have two days of my life to like recover, you know, um, there's, there's enough other stuff that I want to do with my time. And so when you were mentioning like the energy thing, I think that's really huge. And then the older you get, the more, um, just like the more relevant the energy thing becomes. And, um, it's, that's the biggest benefit that I've had of not even having, like even foregoing like the two glasses of wine that I would have occasionally, like it's just a different ball game. Um, 
And you know what you're saying, Shay, like you start to do when you started to read Quitlet and do more research and Dr. Brooke talks about this from like the nutrition standpoint. I've, I have wine makers in my family who live in France in my husband's side of the family. And, um, you know, he's like, he loves wine from like a hobby standpoint and that kind of thing. But what I started to notice as I did more research too, which is like what you get to do when you explore this stuff is that even a lot of the wine that's imported from Europe to the States are different types of sulfites are added to them for preservation. And so we used to go to visit them and I'd be able to drink wine. No problem like more than I did at home and I'd wake up feeling fine and I'd have one glass of the same kind that was imported and I'd feel like shit for days. And then I realized, oh, my body is having a serious response, not just to the alcohol, but to what's in the drinks, what's put in the alcohol. And I think it's like all of these things, education around it. It's like when you want to start feeling good, it becomes an easier decision to make. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced some of the same things as you, um, and which led to me doing a break because I, it became a guessing game. Like it wasn't just on the nights where I was like, Oh, I, I drink a lot. Like, of course I don't feel good. Sometimes I would just be like having two glasses of wine with my partner and I'd be like, Oh God, just a little fuzzy. And I'm like, sometimes I'd be okay. Other times I'd be like, I just, again, I'm sure my sleep was affected too. So I just didn't, I just felt a little cloudy and I'm like, this sucks. It's, I expected on the big nights out, but not on like an intimate, like us cooking dinner and having two glasses of wine. Like, so that I was just, it wasn't like a fun game to play. And yeah, I mean, sleep quality and just like my body can actually tell me what it needs. And, um, like, I remember I would get sick a lot more often when I was drinking because my body was like trying to like fight things and just like help me try to feel better. And I couldn't, the amount of water I drank, like I still felt horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was drinking like Pedialyte. Like I remember, and this is so bad. Like I would go have like a bunch of wine and then I, on my way home, I would buy like a Pedialyte so that I would try to prevent a hangover the next day so that I could sleep. It's still like at some point in my late twenties, my body was still like, nah, like we're not going to help you. Even if you try to hydrate, try to eat, try to do all these things. Like it just wasn't processing it the same way. And, um, yeah, I just like, once I stopped drinking, like, even if I'm really tired, I still feel so much better. I think that like, I also am so grateful for the little things like waking up and going on a walk and like hearing the birds chirp and hearing all this, like everything became more beautiful. Like colors are brighter and like sounds are, I don't know. I just was like, wow, was I missing out on this? Cause I was like, yeah, the next morning, like hundred percent. it is. Yeah. Well, and it's true because alcohol is a toxin. So it does, you know, it's like, let's just call it what it is. It's a toxin. So it's, biologically, when you ingest a toxin, your body is going to stop doing everything else until it gets rid of that toxin, right? So that's why your immune system gets weakened. Um, Your sleep is impacted, digestion, even um, if people have fitness goals, right? Like um, fat burning turns off when we ingest alcohol because our whole body wants to protect itself. And it's like, get this poison out of me. So um, 
literally biologically our bodies, the second we have a drink starts working to get rid of it and not, um, do other important functions. So that's why it's, and you know, of course you get sick and tired and all of this stuff when people drink chronically. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm curious too, Shay, you mentioned sober dating and I feel like that is something that is a concern of some people if they feel the call to stop drinking. Um, Like you said, like, well, what is this person going to think? And I know we know, and we've talked about if it's the right person, the right people, they're going to support you. But do you have any tips for sober dating that you could share? Yeah, I have like a whole highlight on my Instagram page. And I also have, um, I of course have not kept it updated, but I have like blog posts on it. And I literally break down the dating apps and what I write, because I know not everyone feels comfortable with this, but this is what helped me, um, is just being very open about the fact that I don't drink, um, using like those little, like icons, like they have the, like no drinking or no smoking or whatever. And so I have the, like no alcohol in there. I also use the prompts to my advantage. If that, you know, there's a prompt, I believe on hinge that says one thing you should know about me is, and I did what I wrote was I don't drink. Um, but I don't mind if you do and did a little like cheeky emoji or something just to like have fun because like I of course don't want a partner who is drinking all the time and that's like what they do but like I don't judge other people that's why again with no booze babes it's the party everyone's invited to you can come and go as you please um because you do you and I'll do me like this is definitely what's best for me um but I'm never like preachy and being like everyone should do this even though I'm like listen listen to your heart like listen to yourself and if you feel the call to be against the alcohol live your dreams um but yeah so I'm very open about it and I feel like um it weeds out the people who are not for you because if they're like oh my gosh like she doesn't drink like good then you won't match with them and then you'll save yourself some steps because you want someone that loves you for all of you and also it's fun because you get to be more creative with dates the go-to is like let's grab a drink like and then if the date's going well, you grab more drinks. Then you're like, do I even like this person? Then it's like fuzzy. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I've met so many more quality people because I don't drink. And people are also like, I've made cool connections because of it. Like they'll message me and be like, oh my gosh, this is so refreshing. Like I'm so sick of the first date drink situation. Um, they're like, let's go like on a walk. Let's go get coffee. Let's go to museum, something that's like an activity. And I feel like also you get to know someone so much more doing an activity or like in the daylight and not like a dim, like anyone could look at it dim lighting. That's my best lighting for sure. But like, you know, like you're just able to really connect with someone and see like, do I actually like this person or not? So just be encouraged by that and just know that you are enough on your own. And, um, I think dating without drinking is like so exciting and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but like it, how beautiful is it that you get to like actually sit with those feelings and, um, you know, see, see what's out there. Yes. I think that's such good advice. And I think it also applies to friendships too. And that's also, what's really fun. It's like, if you do have friends that are exploring that for themselves like you have all those options like oh, I feel like now my friends are like you want to go for a hike you want to meet for lunch and it, and it used to just be like yeah let's meet up for a drink but it's like changed so much and um so I think you make so many good points in that and I think it is really encouraging for any kind of social interaction um so I'm sure we could talk to you for hours but as we wrap up we 
always ask our guests three wrap-up questions. And the first one is, uh, what does your daily self-care look like? Do you have any um, non-negotiables for yourself during the day? My skincare routine has become such an important thing to me. And honestly, like getting sober helped my skin so much. Like I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, but like when you start taking care of your body and not like allowing toxins in, like you do start to glow from the inside out. You start to see outward changes. Um, cause I, I just start feeling better and I'm hydrating a lot more. That's for sure. But, um, I'm just taking care of the skin that I'm in and I'm just aware of like what my body needs. Um, so that's really special to me. I do it day and night. I have like a million steps. I'm 31 years old. And like, I want to, you know, feel good, look good. And again, I think that like getting sober is the best thing that I've done for my skin, and my body, and just my overall well-being. Um, uh, also just a thing that maybe might be silly to say for self-care, but like, I'm always listening to music. Like, I think that music can set the tone. I like, I literally have a candle lit. I have fresh flowers, like just surrounding myself with things that make me happy. And then of course, people that make me happy as well. Um, I also like to move my body. I am a girl who I love a walk. Like if I can walk there, especially in New York city, you can walk everywhere. I will like walk the 30 minutes to meet my friend or to go to a cute coffee shop. I'm just kind of like taking time for myself. Um, and I love a hot shower. So I shower multiple, like maybe twice a day. Like I, it's maybe too much, but love myself. I love, shower. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Music is such a big part of my self-care too. And um, yeah, I love all of that. My skin never was better than when I stopped. That was the first thing I noticed more than anything. I was like, wow, I'm glowing after like a month. I was like, wow, three months. It was wild. Um question though too what is your astrological sign this is not one of our wrap-up questions I'm just curious because I loved all your self-care things <laughs> I'm a Taurus you're a Taurus Venus ruled I'm a Libra so nice Love. yeah Libra and Tauruses are both ruled by Venus for anyone listening so <laughs> yeah vibe with all your self-care the next official question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you Ooh, what is being courageous I mean, I think it takes a lot of courage to do what's best for you and kind of um, maybe do something that is against what society like deems is cool. And um, I think, you know, it takes a lot of courage to like live your truth and to silence everyone else's opinions. Um, I think that's really hard, but it's so beautiful when you listen to that voice inside, whether that's, Hey, like maybe drinking's not for you or Hey, like maybe this friendship is not a two-way street anymore. Like whatever it may be. Um, I think it takes courage to be yourself and be true to yourself. Thank you. And then the final question is, and you already touched on this a little bit, but do you have a book recommendation? And it can really be on any subject. It doesn't have to be quit lit, but anything you'd want to share with our audience that just meant something to you along your journey? Yeah. I mean, like I said, um, this naked mind by Annie Grace was so huge for quit literature wise like that. I literally ordered that on Amazon right away. Cause a friend recommended it to me when I came to him crying, being like, I can't do this to myself. Um, and it was just approachable and non-judgmental, And I loved it. Also. I love this. Um, this is just like, I guess it's like encouragement poetry. It's called a gentle reminder by Bianca 
Sterocino, Sterocino. She has a podcast as well. This helped me through like a big breakup of mine, but it has been just beautiful. I keep it by my, my bed, literally sitting on my bed right now. Um, and it's just like really like choosing yourself and um, just like really inspirational and encouraging. And we can all use more of that, right? Always. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here today. We've really appreciated the conversation. Thank you so much for having me. So if anyone wants to find you, follow you, where can they do all the things? All the things are happening on Nobu's Babes. That's on Instagram, TikTok. Um, My sister and I actually had a podcast all about living our best lives alcohol-free called The Real Sisters of Sobriety. So we were like, we don't need a strong drink to tell you what we really think because we just keep it real. Um, We have one season of that. But I always like to point to that because, I mean, just like you babes are doing, like having a podcast to listen to as you're getting ready in the car, like you feel less alone. Um, And we answer a lot of common questions that we get about socializing, dating, holidays, you name it. Um, But yeah, no booze babes is is where it's at. And also my DMs are always open. I reply to all my DMs. So if you're, you know, just like, hey, I need encouragement or hey, I'm thinking of this, like I will be there to cheer you on. Thank you so much. Everybody go check that out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie and I'm Erica and we're Courageous Wellness.